Hi everyone, I'm Annie Guglia, Olympian and professional skateboarder from Canada. You're listening to Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters, with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world, covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Source Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Neil Spruce, and I'm joined by Mr. Justin Williams, the funny man. Justin, how you doing? Oh, living the dream, just booking tour dates now, and uh, yeah, it'll be a fun time. Here we go. Taking your talents all across the great nation of Canada, I assume. <laughs> yes, 100%. I'm booking Western tours right now, or Western shows. Okay, all right. And someone who has spent a bit of time in Western Canada is a friend of the show who's coming back. She was at Tokyo, r- representing Canada in skateboarding, a pioneering sport, and now... She's the president of Skateboarding Canada. That's, that's quite a journey. But there's been much in between. So, without any further ado, it is Annie Guglia. Annie, how you doing? Okay, so I've been on the board of directors of Canada Skateboard since we founded. So, Canada Skateboard is our national sport organization. And um, we founded it in 2017 when it was announced that skateboarding would go to the Olympics. So, I've been on the board of directors. I've been the athlete representative for about seven years, six years, seven years. And um, after competing in Tokyo and the Olympics, I was like thinking what I want to do and the president has been there since the beginning the the former president Ben Stuttered and he said he called me one day and he was like I think you would be a great succession for Canada skateboard like as the chair and I thought about it for months because honestly I was like I didn't feel like I was prepared enough like I don't know much about the sports system and like running a whole organization, you know, but at the same time, like, it's true that I have a lot of experience as an athlete. And then like, I did study business strategy. So I do have background. And yeah, it took me a year to accept, but then I was voted unanimously. Is that the word? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah. So I've been president since uh, January 21st, uh, 2023. Congratulations. Felicitations. Merci. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's early. We're recording in May and, you know, it's early days, but what are, you, what are you hoping to achieve? What is your vision for your presidency as Skateboarding Canada? Yeah, so that's a, I love that question because it's still kind of um, like hard for me to picture it, but no, it's not hard for me to picture it, uh, but because I've only been president for like three, four months, I'm learning so much still, but like, so the mission of Canada Skateboard is to... Uh, support, promote and grow skateboarding in Canada. And so it's usually as a sporting organization, it's hard to make a balance between like only supporting high performance sports because that's how you get medals and that's how you get like funding, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. how you have superstars, like that's how you get funding and like people are interested. But then you also want to support the grassroots, like like I want to see as many people as possible on skateboards, you know? And so I think right now I'm like trying to balance the two 
I think that's like and like making a, a four year plan that makes sense for skateboarding as well. Like, cause yeah, it's cool. The Olympics is, is cool, but it's once every four years. So it's not the only thing that we want to do with Canada skateboard. Like we still want to have programs to like introduce a bunch of kids to skateboarding. And then like, how do you create a pathway, like a competition, competition pathway for, to make it to the Olympics, like if a kid from like a random city in Canada or like a really big city, like so that everybody has a chance if they want to become skateboard Olympians, like they, they can, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. And on that point, in terms of the pathway, could we see skateboarding at an at a event like the Commonwealth Games in the future? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not sure how that works yet, but like I know like it would be cool. Well, I would love to see skateboarding as like an official sport of like all the big competitions. But like, I think the the Olympics is definitely like the big one. And then like Canada Games would be dope. Like there's like a bunch of things on our radar. What is it? There's going to be park skateboarding in Santiago uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember the name of the, but it's like a really big competition anyway. So it's, it's cool. Like we're building the sport and like trying to give as many opportunities like provide as many opportunities for like Canadian skateboarders as possible for sure as much as we can fantastic and for our listeners uh, Annie you are referring to the Pan American Games which are going to be in Santiago yeah that's a Pan October that's a, I was like I have a blank <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for we're here to help each other thank you that's what we're all about speaking of helping people and growing uh canadian skateboarding i should say what is uh what is your first or was your first kind of active business when you became the president honestly to listen like to it doesn't sound cool but like it's such a big part of the job like reaching out to all the staff all the like the whole board of directors reaching out to other sporting organizations like so the um, canadian olympic committee committee had their um, COC session and their annual general meeting. And so just like going there for three days and talking with CEOs and presidents of like as many sport organizations as I can to know how it works. Cause I've never been president of a national sport organization, you know, so I'm here to learn mostly. And so I would say like right now it was mostly like listening a lot, honestly, and supporting the staff in whatever projects that they were already doing. And so that's it. And then for, like strategy and governance, I think it's more like starting to understand how it works and then like starting to create a plan for the next four years. Okay. Now, with your team and your board members, how easy or how difficult is that to kind of implement a change, whether that be a rule or like maybe a construction of a, of a skate park? Mm, I would say it's pretty, well, it's pretty easy for like the like, governance standpoint and like to make decisions it's pretty easy because it's a very small organization so we have five staff and we're still like so we're, we're a very new sport we only have one olympic um that has happened yet and it's been seven years so like compared to sports like gymnastics and like that have been going on for like a long time uh, it's very different but um so it, i think because it's a, it's a new sport it's a small structure it's easier to like stir stir steer steer (laughs) steer yeah so um, i would say uh, but it's still like it's it's easier in the sense that like there's less people to manage and stuff but it's hard 
because most of the time, like, it's our first time doing everything. So, like, reaching out for, like, fine, like, like grants or, like, commercial partners. Like, everything's new, so we have to have a... Re- like, we're lucky we have a really good team because otherwise, like, it would probably be a catastrophe. But we're very well surrounded and people in the Canadian sports system are very keen to help. So that really, really helps. But I would say, so it's easy, but it's hard because it's a lot of volunteering because like we don't have the resources to like hire as many staff as we could or would like to have, you know? So it's a lot of volunteering as well from like the board members. We're a very operational board. (laughs) Okay. So it's kind of sounds like almost a non-for-profit to a degree. Yeah, it is because it's a national sporting organization, so it's a it's a nonprofit. Yeah, so I just want to make sure. I mean, so is FIFA, but mm. billion dollars in the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Canadian skateboard is like, listen, listen. FIFA listen. has billions. We have trillions. <laughs> don't ask how. We just do. Imagine trucks and flip kits for everyone. Yeah, we're gonna have so many kids on skateboards. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like, listen. There's gonna be a law in Canada. You can only drive skateboards. Do you know how easy it'd be to get around Toronto if that was the case? Oh, oh my, my god. god. Knee would stop honking <laughs> at people. There's a yeah, there's a there's actually a guy that's skateboarding from Long Beach to uh Virginia Beach right now. So it's like all across the US. He's wow. like skating from Long Beach, California to Virginia Beach. <laughs> imagine. I don't even wanna imagine, honestly. Too <laughs> much work. What could you yeah, good on him could you see yourself skating from maybe montreal to vancouver perhaps no no because well it's a really cool project it's really dope but it takes like three months it's like because imagine like biking would be hard skateboarding is like you can't i think he skates 50 miles a day something like that like it's like 10 hours Damn. of skate just like skateboarding in a not straight line but it's like I like I, I think I could bike, but I don't even think I would want to skate. <laughs> I think you'd have to play the song "Kick Push" by Lupin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. A million times in a row. Kick push coast. Away we go. What a track! He's such a good guy. He's currently a professor at Harvard. In case you're wondering, yeah, he's he's really teaching the next generation about the culture and hip-hop and other things. Push. Oh. And there we go. That's really good. That's dope. I didn't know that. There you go. There you go. One thing we didn't know about was um your journey out west. Did you want to tell our listeners a little bit about that, Nanny? In the in the van? Yeah. You went on a, like a, yeah, just tell us about the, the journey, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, by last, last um, year... I, well, after the Olympics, I am, um, so my girlfriend's Mexican. And so we drove from Montreal all the way to California and then all the way to Cancun, Mexico, and then back to Montreal. So we did like a whole like Mercator. I don't, I don't know if that's what you were referring to, but it was almost a nine month trip. So yeah, that was a really fun, uh, really cool trip. It's, it was a lot of like content creation and like, just like skating too because i i wasn't hurt in that moment right currently i'm injured but that whole nine month was really cool because i could like skate a bunch of different skate parks all across like the us and mexico and it was really cool 
Nice. Now, you, you touched on content creation. What What's that going to look like for Skateboarding Canada? Are you going to be the running that department or is there someone who's already doing that? For Canada Skateboard or mm-hmm. for myself? For Canada Skateboard. Yeah, so it's somewhat someone else. So we have a, a brand and event director. Um, so he runs... Well, we have a um, Slurpee Canada Skateboard Open. That's a national series of competitions like all up from vancouver to halifax we're gonna have a bunch of um qualifiers basically so um they're gonna be like skate competitions and people can attend compete and then they have a national ranking and the top rankings have the opportunity to compete and internationally make the national team eventually go to the olympics and and all of that so we're kind of like starting to create that pathway and we're super lucky because skateboarding is pretty marketable in the sense that like it's very accessible like it's not a super expensive sport or a sport that people can't relate to like it's you can see it in the street like just going to the grocery store you can see someone skating you're not going to see someone bobsleigh uh, on accident you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> or like there's a bunch of different sports that are like easy um harder to have access to but skateboarding like you can have someone skateboarding in your street and so I think it's uh, it's pretty like relatable in that in that way. So we're and it's also a very uh, inclusive culture and stuff like that. So it's it's cool because we have ac- access or not access, but the like privilege I want to say to have have a bunch of like really good commercial partners that are interested in supporting the growth of skateboarding in Canada. So we're in a very good position. Um, we get obviously like we get government funding as well, but like we get a lot of we have a lot of commercial partners as well. Nice. Now, let me ask you this. As someone who's, who's grown up with skateboarding, you've, you've done it at the highest level. Do you feel like there are enough skate parks in Canada or do we need more? Uh, it's We're on the right path. Like, So I don't know when you were skating, but I started skating in 2000. And like there was a like the worst skate park you can imagine close to my house there was like one box one rail and a like super dangerous mini ramp that was like metal and like had like nails going out of everywhere like very dangerous place like obviously people went there and did bad things because you couldn't really skate that park but like with the inclusion of the skateboarding in the olympics it's really cool because um one of the positive things is that uh, now we're creating a lot of skate parks and like really good skate parks like when i was 16 my dream like i was like one day when i'm old (laughs) i'm gonna go to california and skate a concrete skate park like that was like my wildest dream was like one day i'll skate a like professional concrete park and now we have like in montreal i'm based in montreal like we have a dozens of like perfect skate parks and now it's like outside of cities there's also really good skate parks and in like so every main city in Canada has like really good skate parks. Even like the tiniest cities sometimes have really good skate parks now. The problem that we still have or challenge is um, indoor skate parks because we're in Canada and like half of the year it's snowing in most places in Canada and we don't have, like there's not an indoor skate park in Vancouver. There's not one in like a lot of main cities. And so I think that's that's like the next thing to to go after, I think, because I think outside, outdoor skate parks we're starting to have a really good pool. My, maybe for park skateboarding, so there's two disciplines in the Olympic. There's street and park. 
street is what we mostly see in skate parks. It's like stairs and handrails and stuff. And park is more like a big bowl. It's a lot of transitions. And we don't have a lot of like like international level park skate parks in Canada. We have one in Montreal at the Olympic skate stadiums, the Van Skate Park, and there's one in Vancouver. But like, there's not that, there's not enough, that's for sure. Are you ready to stay fit this winter? Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Sign up now to their mobility and movement program. Use the code PSP15 to get 15% off the one-time purchase of the program. Then it's yours forever. No additional subscriptions or fees. The program is available worldwide. Now, back to the show. Now, this thing with the, the park skating in particular, because you, you, you touched on the weather factor here. Is there much crossover between snowboarding and skateboarding? Is it, is it possible for, say, for your organization to recruit snowboarders to come and train or to, to be a part of your sport when, when it's not? cold and snowing yeah i'd love to honestly but we um so it's it's very different but it's it's a good cross training for sure um but it's not the same set of skills exactly because like snowboarders spin so much like and skateboarders it's a little bit more i don't want to say i'm gonna say technical because i don't have a for lack of a better term but like we like flip our boards a lot like snowboarding you don't flip your board you like spin way more and it's it's just different set of skills but it's it's um there's a good yeah there's a good um cross training and and the uh, canada snowboard and canada skateboard we talk a lot like we like i have a meeting with canada snowboard this week like they help us a lot and we and most people who especially in slope style for snowboarding and half pipe they most of them skate too so they like live for example in whistler and there's a really good skate park there and they like snowboard in the day and then go skate and so it's um there's definitely like a lot of similar it's a similar culture for sure cool nice it for sure is 100% a similar culture and if it's going to do anything like Canada did in the Olympics when they actually won the uh, that good old competition and then it got revoked, hopefully that does not happen to us. In, in what, sorry? In snowboarding, it was like one of the Olympics, we won a medal, like second or third, maybe first, and then it got revoked due to like weed usage or something. Yeah, maybe. That's, um, it's not like, it's funny because I... Yeah, weed is is a f- funky one right now because like now it's legal in Canada and so it's uh, but it's still it's forbidden in competition but it's uh, no it's yeah it's forbidden in competition but uh, it's not forbidden outside of competition so but then you have to be really careful with like the dosage and like it's mostly recommended to not use it like because you can still test positive during a competition if you smoke outside of competition so it's a it's a yeah but it's funny because to me i don't see it as a performance enhancing drug you know like that's the point of having um Mm -hmm. drug testing and it depends for what but i I don't see i don't know a lot of people who skate better when they have weed Neither do I, but I mean, listen, this is just weird. The reg- like, what's his face? Uh, Robin Williams said he's like the only way weed is a performance-enhancing drug is if there's a chocolate bar at the end of the track. That's it. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good one. He's like, other than that, there is absolutely no enhancing of performance except Hot for Cheetos. 
Legitimately. Can you imagine? Like, listen, Weasley legal, hot Cheeto it all day. We'd win 100%, hands down. Or Beaver Tails, Tim Horton, don't, are you kidding me? Rig it that way, why not, bro? Anyways, uh, with the growth of Skate Canada and all that's happening with, with, with that, where do you see Canada in about five, 10 years from now? Like, what's your ideal dream and realistic dream for Canada when it comes to this? Mm, and that's a good question. My ideal dream is to, or I don't know if it's a dream, but like, I really want to try to increase the amount of women in skateboarding in Canada. Like, I don't know exactly how we're still trying to like figure out how, but especially in competitive skateboarding, like there is handful of women who compete and so i really want to try to like push that side of skating because i think there's a lot of really great opportunities and and yeah it would be really cool so that i would be like my ideal but um realistically in canada we're just we're we're in a really good spot like in tokyo we had skaters in three of the four categories or events so that's already really good like most countries because there was a quota of three per country and it was only um the top 20 in the world that, that went to the olympics in each discipline and so a lot of a lot of countries barely had one skater in the olympics so in canada we had four so for first olympics like we were in a really good spot and right now uh, we already have in street skateboarding especially for men like the guys are pushing hard like they're really good and Women Park is also pushing really hard. So I'm really excited to, to see how many um, skaters we can bring to Paris. And, and then LA is going to be really cool because obviously LA within skateboarding is going to be awesome. So yeah, we're going to try to have as many skaters as possible in Paris and LA. And then, so that's the high performance side. And then the community side, last year, it was harder to get, like I said, like women in, in the competitions. And so hopefully this year we can, like we did a, we had a whole strategy. We started a program called She Can Skate. And so hopefully like, and we had panels and like a lot of discussions with women-centric skate groups in Canada. And so hopefully uh, we're putting everything in place so that we can attract more women in competitions, hopefully. And that's what we love to hear. Yeah, that's uh that's awesome. And I guess just staying on that point, Annie, you'd be in the best position to answer this. Who is the best female skater in the world right now? Is it Lizzie Armanto or is it someone else? I love Lizzie, but for like, if we want to say, it depends what criteria is, if it's like performance. So in street, I would say Haisa who was second in Tokyo in streets. So she's from Brazil and she's a like prodigy. She's probably around 14 now. <laughs> and she is the best in the world um, for like women's skateboarding street. And Park, I would say there's like a couple Japanese girls that are really good, like in the top three for like performance wise. But then like culturally, I would say like, you're not wrong. Like Lizzie is one of the, like she like drives skateboarding culture. And I think that's, yeah, performance is really important, but like the stars of skateboarding and people who like actually like showcase skateboarding in such a positive way, I think are also as important. So Lizzie's a really good one for sure. Fair enough. 
And just you touched on some of the the nations there and skateboarding. Looks like there's a bit of a movement in Brazil. Is Brazil on the way to becoming the, I guess, one of the top skateboarding nations, if not already? Uh, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, I want to know what they eat, what they put in their water. Like, <laughs> it's, no, but the, the, I think one of the things in Brazil is there. So, like I was saying, Canada Skateboard was founded in 2017. It's a pretty uh, recent structure like sporting structure for skateboarding but in brazil it's been going on for a long time like way before it was an olympic sport and i think mainly because like so there's soccer like football or mm -hmm. i don't know yeah soccer and um skateboarding because they're very accessible they're like not expensive you can just like buy a skateboard and shoes and you can go for like a year or more you know with the same equipment same with like a soccer ball and like it's very inexpensive sports so i think like that's why they're so popular and people and there's also a lot of opportunities in skateboarding so we've been seeing brazilians like just come out of brazil and be the best at what they do without like we didn't even know they existed before but i think social media really democratized skateboarding and sports in general like now very easy to be seen wherever you are in the world And before social media, it's funny because like it's it's as if skateboarding was nothing except in California, you know, like the whole industry is there. And that's all that we would see come out for skateboarding was like out of California. But mm. because of social media now, like it's like, oh, wait, there's like skaters in Japan that are like really good that nobody knew that they even were skating over there. And there's all this whole generation from like brazil who didn't have the money to like move to california but they're killing it in brazil you know so i think that that really democratized skateboarding and now that they have the olympics to actually make it and make money and like become professional skateboarders i think that's why like they've been pushing really really hard and raisa is a really good example of that there's <laughs> countless of men in street and park that are like incredible skateboarders it, it's like It's honestly very impressive how many talented skateboarders come out of Brazil and then Japan. But Japan, for I think a different reason, I think it's more like structured training that also brings really good performance. In Japan, they're known to be like really structured. And, and I think they just took skateboarding and made it like a very um, structured sport and it works. <laughs> so it's cool. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And hopefully it continues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see how far people bring skateboarding because when I was young, I never thought like a 14-year-old girl could do what Heise is doing. And so like it was it was incredible that a 14-year-old guy was doing like Nija, for example. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but but yes. like when Nija was 14, he was as good as Heise right now. And we were like, whoa, mind blown. But now like it's a tiny little girl from Brazil. So it's cool. I'm excited to see where she brings it. So That's awesome. Yeah, you love to see that. Darn right. I have a friend, actually. She's from Nigeria, uh, Lagos, I believe, specifically. And she did a documentary on skateboarding in the culture over there. So really? that was interesting. Yeah, she now lives in Canada, and she's really cool. Very proud of her. She wants to get into filmmaking. So. Oh, that's oh, I'd love to watch it. Uh, oh, 100%. I could definitely get you guys in contact at some point, if you're interested, if she's interested. Yeah, yeah, I feel course. like she would be. Why not? <laughs> Um, anyways, anyways, so I do have a, a really interesting kind of more 
performance-based question for you, and that's in terms of the actual skateboards itself. Do you have a brand that you favor the most? And if so, why? <laughs> um, well, I'm going to have to go with my sponsors. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but um, I'm Good answer. legit going to say uh, my, the boards I've been skating for about eight years now, or maybe a little less, um, are Meow Skateboards. It's a brand from LA. Uh, they're manufactured by PS Sticks, which is also a really good uh, place in Southern California. Um, and also... Tijuana, like in Mexico, but like because you know, they're really, really big and skateboarding is really big. So there's a lot of manufacturers now, but um, it's like, a re- first of all, the boards are really good. But se- the main reason why I started skating for Meow and like accepted skating for Meow is because that brand was founded in 2010 by, by Lisa Whitaker, who um, started Meow Skateboards to turn um, women, some like women because at the time there wasn't really opportunities for women to turn pro so one of the traditional ways to be a professional skateboarder is to have a company like a skate company or a shoe company um make a make you a pro model basically so have a skateboard with your name on it and then you make money out of the sales of the board but at the time like the top three people that were like doing podiums all the time at women contests couldn't even make a living off skateboarding you know they were like winning x games and all of those competitions but it wasn't even enough to make a living and so meow was founded to like turn them pro and like like really like shed light on the issue that like the top female skateboarders can't even make money out of skateboarding and so um so yeah so it was like that's the reason why and now i'm now pro for meow which like i'm really proud of because i think it's it was a really important it was really important at that time I think now it's a little less, like now there's way more opportunities, uh, but I think it's because of a brand like Meow, you know? Wow. That's, that was a better answer than I thought we were going to get. I thought you'd be like, yeah, this one, because they ride well. (laughs) But, but like I wouldn't, it's also in skateboarding, especially when you do it professionally, it's super like the quality of the material, obviously like I wouldn't trade the quality of the wood and like all of those things for like just the story of the brand but like it's a really good story and it's also like i support 100 percent, but it's also really good boards so ps6 is like a very trusted manufacturer for skateboarding so all right the more you know i absolutely know nothing about uh, the infrastructure behind what it takes to make a skateboard i just know that they have four wheels and apparently a truck i don't even know what that means but that's all i hear <laughs> the truck is the metal part that um basically you have the wheels like the four wheels and then the metal parts that hold your wheels to the um, to the board, and that's what makes you turn basically. Y- you could just lie to me, but thank you for the lesson. <laughs> Maybe you welcome. did lie to me. I don't know. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I will never know. I don't, I'm not that versed when it comes to anything mechanical. All right, before we get you out of here, how can our friends and family find you on social media? Uh, I would say I'm most active on Instagram. So my handle is pretty much my name without the A because the A is the, I don't even know how it's called in English, the, the like at anyways, if it does, it's fine. The like at like symbol thingy. Anyways, it's at Niguglia. And then, um, so Instagram is where I'm most active. I'm also active on TikTok and YouTube a little bit and LinkedIn. Ah, all right then. All right. I'll have to, apparently I wasn't giving you a follow for whatever reason. (laughs) That's weird. I'm doing that now. 
But uh, that's all I'll connect you with, uh, with my buddy and hopefully things. <laughs> legitimately follow for follow. That's how we do it. Um, <laughs> and last time I believe we asked you if you had a poutine, but have you had a beaver tail before? Oh, yeah. 100%. Who hasn't? All right, like, what, they're missing way too much. You know, that's what we say, but we don't judge. We're a judge-free zone here mm-hmm. at the yeah, show. That's true. Which, I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, assume that everybody has had a beaver tail, but if you haven't... Go get one right now. Yeah, <laughs> and what beaver tail should they get? The um, cinnamon. It's like, is it like cinnamon and brown sugar or something like that? Like just like the regular one. I love that one. What I'm hearing is that beaver tail. I don't know if beaver tail is like just one company, but whoever is behind beaver tail needs to partner up with skateboarding Canada. Am I right? Ooh, yeah. Get get a beaver tail truck outside every every uh, Any skate park. CanadaSkateboard.ca. There we go. <laughs> Let's get that going. Nolly tray flip. Exactly. <laughs> Nolly tray flip a beaver tail. Pop shove it. Pop shove it down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, me! This is a family show. <laughs> Kobe, get the cancellation episode ready. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't what no, I but, meant, but fine. If you don't know a lot about skateboarding, it doesn't matter. You just have to learn like one really technical trick name, and then you can just plug that. Like Nolly Tree Flip is a good one, or like Tree Flip Nose Blunt, and you can just like kind of throw that in a conversation, and people are gonna think you know. Grind, grind, and Ollie. Yeah. I remember yeah. that from Tony Tony Hawk. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Now this is this is actually gonna be this is actually gonna decide. Whether the interview is good or not. So, we touched on Lupe Fiasco's kick push. Ki- Lupe Fiasco's kick push versus Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy. I know it's Cancom, but which one are you taking if you have to listen to one song while you're doing your skateboard set? Ah, but they're two different vibes, though. Um, because I love both. <laughs> and don't judge me for liking Avril Lavigne's songs, but um, I, like, I like Avril. I like I love both, but I'm gonna have to say Kick Push just because it's like my vibe, like ninety percent of the time, and then like ten percent I'm like Avril Lavigne. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Kick Push. I actually um, on Women's Day I was I was at uh, Nike headquarters in Portland, and they asked me to run a stretch break. And I actually used that song because I was like, oh, it's skateboarding and people. And then everybody was like, that's so cool that you used that song. Anyways, so I I like, I really like that song. Yep. Some, some good old CanCon. And that's actually not my favorite Avril Lavigne song. You'll have to DM at pro.sports.podcasters to find that out. But um, Annie, it's a pleasure to have you on. And we hope to have you on again in the future. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Great conversations. Indeed. As always. Anytime. <laughs> appreciate it. Much appreciated. Let's do it. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcast's experience, where no sport is left behind.